Coming in, what we've been hoping for. We got our league winners. Ooh, uh, 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 uh. One more time, say, Ooh, uh, 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 uh. let's go, baby. Mm, 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 mm. Now, I know what you're saying. We you talk about league winners. Did you watch Sunday Slate or not? Not only did we get Christian Watson, we got Kadarius Tony, we got Traylon Burks. I know he's not the same. Just, just go with me on it. Trust me, it'll happen. It's happening. My boy Traylon. He's gonna happen. It was great. Limited. It's like it's coming together. It's come. Just give us some time. Got a little bit of time. Oh yeah, running backs. Guess what? Isaiah Pacheco, Rashad White. Hey, maybe if we get Kyron Williams, right? Like these are impact players, and this is what we need. If you don't already know, this is the Week Eleven Waiver Wire Show. I'm your host Jesse Moeller, aka J Moeller Five. And what do you think? Shall we dive into it? Let's dive into it. So, first up, I wanted to highlight those wide receivers, baby. Christian Watson, bravo. Giving Aaron Rodgers a chance. It's so nice to see. Oh, goodness, it's been a disaster. So, what happens when you have Alan Lazard, your wide receiver on, right? Am I right? Am I right? Like, I've been over this a thousand times. That was the last show. Lazard's fine. But if he's your wide receiver one, you're in trouble. You know what Christian Watson does that Alan Lazard cannot do? He's a freak athlete that can make insanely explosive plays. That's what... Like, you saw it. Like, he was just blowing the Cowboys out of the water in one of those plays. It was, it was a joy to see. Let the team targets. <laughs> like, hello, what else do you want? He's finally healthy. Now, I know from Dynasty perspective, everybody was like, oh, he's such a bad prospect. Yeah, but the ceiling case, if he hits, whoo, and that's the game you saw. You saw the monster blow again. Now, are we saying he's going to be an elite asset? No, 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 no. But as a waiver wire pickup, 1,000% yes. Um, he should be the top wide receiver you target. I don't – I the next guy actually I like a lot, but it's it's literally Christian Watson. Like, he was incredible. Like, he had a 42% target share, and, oh, yeah, he dominated the air yards. So, yeah, that's really nice to see. Eight targets is no joke for a man that has been fighting injury all year. So, Christian Watson, go spend at least 50% of your fab on him. Go get him on your team. Particularly if you have Cooper Cup on your team, because Cup just went on the IR. We're gonna need somebody to help replace that. And sure, maybe you have like Allen Robinson on your bench, and you know, good for you, congrats. But if you need somebody that's under fifty percent of leagues on ESPN, Christian Watson's the guy. Number two, Young Joker, baby. We've been hyping him up all offseason, and I he finally was released. Andy Reid took the shackles, just broke him. Is it? I will take you. Come with me. And boy, did he deliver. It was it was just so nice to see. Like, you saw him, one play, you saw him literally adjust his gloves right before he jumps, mossed the dude, <laughs> and caught it. Oh, it was wild. He also got a couple carries. It was just, it, it was a joy to see, right? And we have the Juju injury, which we don't know how bad it's going to be, but it was similar to what we saw, right? And nobody wants to see that, so hope, hope Juju's okay. I love Juju. But that wide receiver core is not very good right now. Like, they have a bunch of bodies. They got guys. RIP. Scott Moore. It's just, yeah. We, we see that 
Kansas City recognized Sky Moore is not who they thought he was. And that is why they traded for Kadarius Tony because they needed someone to fill that Tyreek Hill mold because that's what they were chasing for with Sky Moore as well. And guess what? They found a wicked Darius If there's anybody, well, not anybody, but the closest thing to like a Tyreek Hill, that's a Kadarius Tony. That's what, that's why he was a first round pick is because you're chasing that freak difference maker athlete. Like you see him, he's out there. He just looks like he's on skates. Like it's a different level of athlete, right? He's got speed. It's all the questions have been injury related and like they call him a quote unquote knucklehead, right? So the concerns were never talent. Like the talent was there. That was very clear. And guess what happens? You line him up with Mr. Patrick Mahomes and woo, baby. It's just, it's a joy to see. Um, yeah, I dropped 10% on my fab. No problem on Tony. I'd go pick him up. So if you need these wide receivers, these are two excellent options where you can literally just put them in the starting lineup. Where, say, you had a couple injuries. For instance, I wish I had on my Scott Fishbowl team. <laughs> that team is hanging on by a thread. My wide receiver core is awful. I would be thrilled if I had these guys on my team, right? I just lost Juju. I lost Bateman. Like, it's, it's a disaster, right? So, if your wide receiver room is trouble, target Watson, target Tony. And the third wide receiver you should target, guess what? You hear a theme? Oh, oh Trey Burks. That's right. He's rostered in 23% of ESPN leagues, right? So, he's available in almost every league, you know, with the exception. Um, I would drop 8% of my fab on him, and I just cannot give you up. He he showed out. He's had limited sample size the whole year, right, because he hasn't played that much. But he ran as many routes as Westbrook did, and his first game back from IR, and he got six targets. And it wasn't the best, you know, stat line, but it was nice to see his involvement in the offense. That means he's involved. They're going to bring him along. Guess what? This is what teams do with rookies every year. They slowly give them more and more and more. So this is happening with Burks. So Burks is going to be the easiest one to get by far because he did not produce. So he's a cheaper version to target, right? So say Tony's not available. Watson should be available because he was in, available in pretty much every league. But if you want a guy that's not going to cost you as much, go get Burks. Lock him down. You're getting the Titans wide receiver one. It's clear Robert Woods just, he's not that good anymore. He's fine. He's like, he's a solid wide receiver, but... The injuries are taking their toll on him, and, you know, he is on post-AJ pick, so he's older. So, it makes sense that this wide receiver room is looking for Traylon Burks, and they need someone who can actually make big plays. Shocker, that's kind of a, the theme with these three wide receivers, is they're all highlight reel, big plays waiting to happen, and offenses that need it. Green Bay's desperately need it. Kansas City has not been able, like, they have it with MBS, and you see Harbin, like, the big plays, but they actually need someone who they can count on, so it's a little bit different, right? That situation, it's like they need they need someone who can play a feature role besides Juju. Because it's Kelsey, it's Juju. And then it's like each and every week, you don't know who's going to show up. Because that's kind of that's what Mahomes said early in the offseason. He's like, it's not going to be one set guy. It's going to be different guys each week. He was 100% right on that. And now they bring Tony in. And guess what? He has a role. So he's a very good option. And Burks, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? That's straight on Burks, man. He's, he's a stud. His prospect profile pedigree was and freaking fantastic. Um, I know he dropped in rigged drafts because, you know, he didn't run a 4-3 or whatever, but dude's a freak. He's a tank. He's a big boy. Like, he's a prototypical wide receiver the build, and he's just got – he's got pretty much it all. Like, I, I very much am on the trail on Burke's train. So, go get him working. Now, running backs, this is where it gets really interesting. With Rashad White being on a bye this week, I actually put Isaiah Pacheco – as my RB1 to grab. 
He's rostered 23% of ESPN leagues. I'm dropping 20% on the Fab game. I am getting him. You know why? Because he just kicked CH out. CH is donezo. He saw like four snaps, and it was nowhere to be found. And guess what? Kansas City is so good. Down the stretch, they are going to be mauling teams. And you know who that helps? Isaiah Pacheco, because he gets all the work on the ground, and he even split some of the the routes. It was he he ran 16 routes. McKinnick ran 18 routes. Like that was complete flip of how it was the week before when Kansas City had to pass a bajillion times, right? So when they get in the more positive game script aspect, like this is a good thing for Pacheco. He's an explosive runner, so realistically, like you know, he can break to the house too. So he doesn't need 25 touches or anything like that in this offense. It's like He's getting that work on the ground, and he's also getting goal line work. And he's even mixing in on some passing downs. Like, that's what we want. So, yeah, he's the biggest beneficiary in that offense. So, go get Isaiah Pacheco. Next up, the guy on a bye, Rashad White. Now, the Fortnite injury is, like, it just boosts him up even more because we don't know how severe the hip injury is. Anytime you hear hip injury, you're like, ooh, hip injury. What's going on, right? Yeah. So, with White. He's available 24% of ESPN League. So these guys are pretty much back-to-back. I would drop 15% of my fab on him. I want both of these guys on my team. If I can only pick one, I'm going Pacheco, but I would literally love to get both off the waiver wire because that would be ideal because you're getting two impact running backs from here to the end of the year. And with how much of a disaster running back is, man, we know a lot of teams need a running back, right? And it should be all systems go. And we'll find out more about the front injury. But even... If Fortnite's back and healthy, he was losing snaps to Rashad White. Like, he was taking over the backfield. Not to the point where he's going to get, like, 80% snap share, but he was winning. And, like, look at this. On the year, even with the injury, Fournette is currently still averaging 15.6 points per game. That's RB13. Like, if you're getting that from Rashad White, that's straight up league winner status. But even if he, if his drops down to, like, 12 points per game, that's – you need – like, we need those type of players, right? So – it could be like systems take over, like Rashad White to the freaking moon, all that stuff. I'm just a little more hesitant because if and when Fournette comes back, he's definitely gonna start rolling this offense. They're not they're not gonna see HM, right? Where they're just like, no, you're done. So I don't have as high expectations for Rashad White, but I'm still extremely jacked, and I would love to have him on my roster because you can start him too. So in week twelve, you can roll him out there. I'd I'd happily flex him, see where it goes. The third guy's more of a dart throw. I thought about a few names with this, but it's Kyron Williams. The Rams desperately need a running back. And they did to what Cam Akers, what Kansas City did to CH. Oh, those 2020 running backs, right? Injuries, it's just not good. Uh, Cam Akers has been awful this year. Like, he hasn't been good. And he's been head case on top of it. So, it's not the Tony situation where you don't know what's happening. It's pretty clear to the LA situation. Like, he's obviously has an issue with McVay or something. And he tried to leave and get traded. And the Rams couldn't get anything for him. Teams didn't want him because you could have got him for free, realistically. But he's obviously just, if you look at his metrics, he's been one of the worst running backs in the NFL. And he just lacks explosiveness. It's just, it's not good. And guess what? LA's not afraid to ride the hot hand. And we know how they feel about Henderson. He's he's a dude. He's fine. But Kyron Williams has already taken over passing game role. So it's going to slowly move on from there and keep going. And he has a chance to actually just, be the guy in this offense because the Rams situation is very strange. They just lost Cooper Cup. He's on the IR, and it could be done. He might realistically, like with how the Rams season is going, he might not be back till next year, which sucks. But they need bodies, right? 
So they need some impact players on this offense because it's been a disaster for Stafford as the whole crew. So I just want to target Kyron Williams because there is a possibility he's RB1. And guess what? If you're getting the RB1 on an offense, like those are the guys we want because that's production, that's role, that's everything. So he's rostered in 15% ESPN leagues. You really only need to spend 2% of fab on him. People aren't going to be like clamoring for him, but there's a path for him to, to develop more off of just the one game from injury. So he's been injured the whole year. We didn't see much. His first game, they gave him the work. And that's nice to see. So you you know that they like Kyrie Williams. And he's a rookie. They're going to expand on that with him because they want to see what they have. They don't trust Akers. Henderson's a dude. Like it's weird. He's he can't he's never been a pass catcher. Like it's you would think he that's what he can do, but he can't. That's not what his job. So he's gonna be the more grinder in the offense. Williams will take over the passing down role. And then if it turns even further, Kyron Williams. It's a bigger share of both, then that's what we're talking about. So that's why he's my third target this week. Now we go to quarterbacks. And guess what? I don't know what we got to do, but freaking Marcus Mariota. It's rostered in 37% of ESPN leagues. I ask myself, what the hell are we doing? Why only 37%? Like, what? Get this guy on your roster. He's been respectable. And guess what he gets? Chicago, baby. Chicago Bears defense is atrocious against quarterbacks. They are 31st in EPA allowed per pass attempt. You know who's only worse? Vegas. Yeah, they're terrible against the pass. So I know it's been a struggle. Mariota's not been that good of a passer. But guess what? Pitts and Drake London have to be licking their chops this week. They have to be so excited. And even Mariota's got to be excited too. <clears throat> the nice thing about Chicago <clears throat> sorry, is it's very much like the Lions where it's a good offense, bad defense. Perfect game scripts for games to shoot out. And you see this against Lions on DFS. People love targeting the Lions in DFS games because guess what? The offense produces, the defense can't stop anybody. Points galore. So, we get another situation. Chicago defense sucks. Can't stop the pass. You have Marcus Mariota. He's a Konami QB, so he's going to boost you up with the floor. And these are the type of game scripts where he'll go over 20 points per game. Like these exact scenarios, right? Where you need points, your team's chasing, and they don't have to run it 80 freaking thousand times with Arthur Smith. It's... It's beyond infuriating watching, and I was not surprised to see they lost to Carolina last week because of the way they play. They live on the freaking narrow's edge, man. They're trying to win just in the details, and it's so hard because you have to execute precisely to win consistently in that way. And you see this issue, like this happened with Atlanta. Like they're never going to blow anybody out. But in games like this, because they're not that Atlanta defense cannot stop fields. Like he's a one-man show at this point. He's going to go a well over 30 fantasy points again. And it's going to force Mariota to bring this offense along. So expect points in this game. Lots of points. And I expect Mariota to be a big beneficiary of it. Just throw 5% of your fab on him. It's not going to cost much. Okay. The number second quarterback I'm going to talk about is not on everybody's list. But this fantasy football, we are trying to win. And this is a difference main quarterback. You know what I'm talking about. It's, a, it's the Cleveland guy. Deshaun Watson. He's rostered 28% of ESPN leagues. Now, if you don't want Watson, ugh, sorry, Watson on your roster, just, just pass him. Don't worry about it. Let's invest him. If you want him, you're trying to win. You need a quarterback boost. I've mentioned this so many times. Go get him now before it's too late because we have two weeks left. He comes back week 13, right? So you have week 11 coming up and week 12. So there's two weeks. So come next week, right? People are going to be all over. And the week after, like, it's going to be like, go get Watson. Just go get him now and stash him. Particularly if you have an IR spot, that's ideal. 
Even if you don't, just stash him if you need QB play. If you and if you're trying to make a strategy move, if you're looking at potential playoff teams or teams that you're going against, and they need a QB, that's their suspect room. You can grab him and present one of those playoff teams with a bad QB from actually getting a boost in the playoffs. So it's it's like a two aspect thing. It's like can help boost your room. And if it doesn't boost your team, say you have like Mahomes or something like that, or Hurts, one of those top guys, Watson has the ability to be a top five guy. So realistically, you should be targeting him unless you have a truly elite QB, right? Like if you have Fields, you don't need him, Mahomes, you know. Like I would say Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray's been disappointing. But you know those truly elite guys like Josh Allen, but Allen's elbow thing. So it it really leaves it up in the air. There's, there's a lot of teams that in fantasy that could use a Deshaun Watson, so. Just go get him. Like, he's been a top five guy. Last he's played three straight years. Like, elite asset. Like, that's who he is. So, just stash him for playoffs. And when he comes back, you have the option to play him. And you're keeping him from your league mates. So, that's a win-win for everybody. The third guy. The commander's Taylor Heineke. He's rostered 13% of ESPN leagues. Really, just just 1% of that. But, it's basically who he plays the next two weeks. Like... It's going to be points, points, and more points. So it's Atlanta, and then it's Houston, right? So, sorry, I flipped them. Went a little dyslexic in the brand there. It is Houston, and then Atlanta. That's my, that's my bad. I was like, wait a second. That doesn't sound right. You know when you say something, you're like, mm. yeah, flip those. So he gets Houston this week, Atlanta next week. That's fancy points galore. And I know Heineke is very hit or miss, depending on situation, but it's ideal game script. So if you need someone for the next two weeks, your QB room sucks. Like say you've been doing the Russ with Stafford, those guys, and you just can't figure it out. Just go get Heineke. He's going to produce. And it may not be the, like a, a great performance to watch, but at the end of the day, he'll give you 15 and 20 fantasy points. And that's, that's really all you need in the situation, right? Now for our third and final position, it's tight ends. I was tempted to go Isaiah likely, but well, the signs are Andrews is coming back. He's not going to be. If Andrews was going to miss a significant amount of time, likely it would be one, just because of that offense and how talented and good likely it's been, right? My first option is going to be Foster Moreau. He's available in 12% of ESPN leagues. Just drop 5% of your fab if you need a tight end, which basically everyone does except for like three teams. Um, there's literally nobody else besides Devontae Adams. Like Darren Waller and Hunter Renfo, both on the IR. It just leaves this perfect path for Moreau to step in and be an impact player. Realistically, you're targeting tight ends who have the ability to be the number two option in their offense, at least. Hello. I know people are like, oh, Matt Collins. Like, Matt Collins is not good. So, it should not matter. And Moreau has been, he's been solid in fantasy this year. So, I'm I'm not worried about Foster Moreau at all. So, you should target him. It's not going to cost much. And see where it takes you. Because he basically, he plays a ton of snaps. And that's what we were chasing. Like, if he's running routes, then yeah, it's good. He literally was top three in routes run. He ran 37 to 40 routes. That's an elite usage for a tight end. Like, that's basically Darren Waller type status, the way they use him. I'm not saying he's Darren Waller, but Darren Waller's been a ghost this entire year because of injury. But he's going to be able to replicate a lot of Waller does. It's just he won't give you the high, high-end aspect of Waller, right? But yeah, he could easily be top 12 tight end while both those guys are out. So target Moreau and go get him. Now, option number two, Cole Komet. He's rostered in 38% of ESPN leagues. I'm going to drop 5% of my fab on him as well. Why he's second 
is I just I still don't trust the offense. Like it's just so condensed. And Komet has to be the first, like the number one target of that offense. And I don't I still expect that to be Mooney. If you think it's gonna be Komet the rest of the year, then go get Komet. Like he should be the tight end grab. I don't. So there's going to be a very boom bust situation with Komet. And it's been really hit or miss. But it's nice to see him running routes and getting work. Because that's what we want to see, right? So that's the good thing. But the offense still, like, it did not pass. I don't – it's beyond frustrating, right? So if you look at how many – they ran 26 total routes, right? Guess how many Komet ran? 19. Like, that's still only running 19 routes. He saw seven targets. Like, that's an insane target rate. That's, like, top of the league. Seven targets on 19 routes run. That's ridiculous. That's, you're pushing elite, elite territory. Obviously, that's an outlier. And he got the touchdowns, so big boost game. But it's still four, like four receptions. So it's just it's so tough to squeeze out the efficiency week to week when it's a limited pass volume offense. Because let's be real, Justin Fields is an elite fantasy asset right now. But I call him kind of a black hole of fantasy where he takes all of the production and it's him because he's running so much. It's pretty wild, right? And his rushing efficiency is through the roof. So he's destroyed the running back room. It's making it extremely difficult on the wide receivers. And it, it's good, like, we'd love to see it. But from a fantasy perspective, it's just tough in Chicago. Until the offensive ball is a little bit more, until they're running more plays. It's still only 61 snaps. That's not really, like, we want to see teams pushing 70 and then, like, above that. So that way you have more opportunity, right? So you don't have to be a freaking elite target share or stuff like that. You can still produce. Um, I just, I'm a little hesitant to say on command. But he's my number two tight end. So if you like him, go get him one. Not a big deal. The third tight end, Trey McBride. He's rostered in 0.3% of ESPN leagues, so he's literally available in every league. Like, I don't know what ESPN leagues he's rostered on. They have to be extremely deep or some craziness because 0.3% of leagues is nothing. Zach Ertz is done for the year. The team needs a tight end. Trey McBride was a tight end one of the rookie class by far. It was not even close. It was Trey McBride, everybody else. He's very great production profile. Like He's what we want at tight ends. And Hollywood's still going to be out for a while. So you have D-Hop, you have Rondale, and you need a third option. Trent McBride can step right into that, right? So that's the simple case. Like if he comes in and gives you anything close to what Zach Ertz has done, Zach Ertz is a tight end five points per game. It's like, I'll freaking take that. So, yeah, we want to bet on the talent, which McBride clearly has, and being able to fill the role as Zach Ertz had. So that's it. Like I, that It's a pretty simple case, if you ask me. I mean, he basically, he didn't come off the field. Uh, and the final three quarters, I, I think it was from Dwayne McFarlane. He said he played 54 or 55 off, offensive snaps the last three quarters. You know what that means? Dude's on the field. Like, that's what we want. That's the more times you're on the field, the better opportunity you have, especially a tight end, because you're chasing routes run. And exactly, he's training routes, running all these routes, right? And you're expecting the production to follow. So just throw 2% of your fab on Trey McBride. It's, it shouldn't cost much. And, you know, maybe we're just taking darts with the tight ends, right? I'll bet on the talent. Situation is good. Why the heck not? So, that's it, folks. That's your week 11 waiver wire ads of fantasy. Wants, thank you for stopping by and checking in. And, you know, it's jmoller05. Check out the page. Follow me on Twitter. I'm on every freaking platform. Wherever you want to chat, fantasy, come find me. Best of luck with those bids. Go get those guys. And hopefully they become the league winners for you this year. Take care, folks.
Are you listening? Damn.